Hey, good evening, everybody. John Henry Soto here, along with George Batista. Welcome to Counterparts. And tonight, we're very excited. We have Dusty Slay. He's going to be in the house. Um, he can be seen right now on Netflix on the stand-up special. Uh, it's called The Stand-Ups. And I think he's on episode five. It's season three. We're very excited to have him here. But he's here live, so don't leave. He's here live. So stick around right after this corny opening that we love. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. Welcome. And as you can see there, Dusty Slade is going to be on the show here. And uh, you know what? You know how it is, George. Um, I talk too much and then yes, you do. You know, and you get mad at me, but <laughs> we're going to actually bring him on. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Counterparts, Dusty Slade. Yes. I'm pumped to be here. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely. We really appreciate you being on the show. Um, like I have a fun room that's set up like you guys have too, but I'm, I'm in the uh, room that we let the baby destroy because oh, okay. I'm trying to let her roam free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know that routine. And you know, when you said it, she wasn't asleep at seven, I was like seven. I, I've, I've never had a child fall asleep at seven. I got two of them. So that's like pretty, uh, is that a consistent for you? Oh, my wife is really on it. I mean, she's usually oh, cool. in bed by like six 30. Oh, oh man. Wow. <laughs> Well, God bless her. Yeah, absolutely. That is awesome. Wow. So but my wife, so I didn't, I forgot that she had to go yeah. do something tonight. So yeah. I don't know how to get my daughter to go to sleep without my wife. I, uh, I have the same. I, 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 my yeah. daughter's 15, but I went through that as well. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my son is uh, five and, uh, He's constantly just yelling at me. I want money. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm your father. I, I was here too. Um, but yes, uh, thank you so much for uh, for being here. We have someone saying, hello, Dusty. Yes. Hello. Hello. Did I lose you? Hey. Hi, how are you? Hey. She got sad. Oh. This was for John. My laugh freaks her out sometimes. When I, I <laughs> laugh and then I look down and she was crying. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> oh, so cute. Well, we're we're gonna interview your your dad. Um, we're gonna have a nice conversation here. And I guess what what we'll do is we'll just kind of like turn it over to George. George is gonna ask a question, and then from there on, we're gonna we're gonna get started. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is the first time I've ever tried to do an interview with a baby, but. It's going to be I love great. it. I, I'm happy, actually, that I'm the first. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, George. All right. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for, for coming on. Uh, it's, it's excited. I've watched uh, I've watched a lot of your stand up and, uh, you know, really fantastic stuff, funny stuff and stuff like that. So um, one of the things that we, we do on the show, we you know, we talk to a lot of artists and whether they're musicians or actors or comedians or whatever it is. And we talked about the perseverance of what you went through in your journey from starting out, you know, all the way to where you are now as far, you know, and being successful. And I, I know one of the things that you did and I, I thought was amazing was that you, you talked about doing 47 open mic nights in 30 days. Oh and, yeah. And I want to know how did you do that? And what was the mindset behind that? 
Well, you know, I I think about how much comedy I do now, and if you um, if you really do the math in the minutes, uh, that forty seven shows is really not much, considering uh-huh. that I was probably doing five minutes a show. Okay, but but okay. at the time. I was living in Charleston, South Carolina, and we had maybe two shows a week. So I was maybe doing 10 minutes of comedy a week. Uh, so, and now right. considering that on a normal weekend, I do about five hours of comedy a weekend. Oh my um, but it's like, I wanted to go to New York. I, I had been to New York, but I'd never really spent much time there. And my friend had a, a room in his apartment come open. And I asked, could I rent it for one month? And my goal was to go up and do comedy. And somehow that worked out. They rented it to me for a month. Um, And I went up. It was in Williamsburg. Uh, It was in a basement. My window was on the sidewalk. And there was a bar right outside. And then there was no central heat and air conditioner. And it was August. Uh, So I had to keep the window open. And then every night people would just yell and scream. And it was so hot. Uh, but that sounds like uh, my goal was to do an open mic every day. I had never done comedy like that. And I was, so I forced myself, I saved up money. So I didn't have to, uh, I didn't have to have a a job while I was there. Uh, but I just said every day I got it. There was a, used to be a website called badslava.com. It may still exist, but, uh, it's an open mic website and it Mm -hmm. was, uh, only ever up to date in New York city. Uh, you could find open mics all over the country, but you would email them and they'll go, Oh, we haven't been doing that open mic for years but in New York. It was really up to date so, now. Yeah. So every day I would try to schedule my next open mic. And, uh, at the time I didn't know anything about the comedy business. So, uh, this was a big deal for me. It was a big deal for me to line up shows, you know, in the biggest city in the country, I'm, right. You know, I'm from Alabama, uh, and now, I'm, but I'm coming from Charleston, South Carolina, which is a city, but a small one. Oh yeah. Right. And uh, so it's a big deal for me to navigate, get on subways, uh, you know, walk around with my phone trying to find parts of the city, mostly by myself. I would have friends join me here and there, and mm-hmm. then I would just go sit in these uh, pretty terrible open mics uh, for hours on end just to do my 30 minutes. But as the month went on, people started to notice that I was good at comedy. So I would get booked on regular shows and that's where everything started to grow. And then I got, uh, I got some open mics where people started to know me and then I got booked on other shows. So I was able to kind of stack these shows, uh, several in a day. And some days I was like, I'm so exhausted from just sitting in rooms, listening to bad comedy because That's the thing that I learned about New York is that it doesn't matter what city you're in, the lowest level of comedy is mostly terrible. Right. Uh, just in New York, there's a bigger concentration. Uh, right. But bad comedy exists all over the country. Uh, yeah. I've, you know, I used to, uh, I would go to cities and do a show. And then after the show, I would search out open mics in town. But then I just realized that open mics are open mics no matter where you go. Right. And rarely are they good. Right. And but, that's what it takes, though, right? I mean, it does yeah, take and, putting yourself into that position where you're just like, I just got to do this. Like, I, I just have to do this and put that str- that stress on myself 
but it's a stress of something that I'm passionate about that I want to go towards. Yeah, and New York is one of those places that I found that if they don't like your jokes, I never got booed, but I got stared at real hard, <laughs> you know? Where it's even to this day, I was practicing uh, a Tonight Show one night at the stand, and I'm doing a set that I'm about to do tomorrow on national TV. And wow. this guy's looking at me like, what is this? Who is this guy? Wow. I, I just, I don't know. I, I always describe him as like an Italian guy being like, what is this? What right. is, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can do no accents, but I just like, he just had that real attitude. Like, what's this guy doing in here? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm about to go on national TV tomorrow. And this guy's killing my confidence. Yeah. Yeah. So that's gotta be a, a tough thing when, when you're starting out, you know, the, the confidence level, but you seem like you are able to have like when you know when you say we're having a good time i think i think there's so much more it's so deeper than just that those words i think that it's really confronting life and confronting you know obstacles and challenging moments and things i think that that's how i take it like me and my wife because we, we watch her comedy a lot but we talk about that and we get philosophical because i'm a dork but we talk about like but, you know, it really means more than that. It means confronting life, looking at it and being like, okay, well, that's happened. All right, fine. Let's move on to the next thing, you know. And that's how I take it, you know. But you have to have that early on. Do you remember well, the earliest time that you were just like, you know what? I'm just going to have a good time. Well, you know, I used to do these. When, when I was first trying to put together things, I would do these tours with my friends. And we would, you know, just book venue. We had one venue in Seaside, Florida, that would always book us. And then we, we, we weren't making a ton of money to do that. So we started booking uh, shows all along the way to try to keep making money. But we had no name recognition and we're going to towns a lot of times that they don't even do comedy. Mm -hmm. So we're um, having to, you know, we walk in and there's practically no one there. And my line used to be, you know, I would go, who's pumped? Right. Because I would take the stage and you could tell that there was zero energy in the audience <laughs> and no one was pumped. So my who's pumped was oh, my acknowledgement that, hey, I know you're not into this right now, but we're going to do it anyway. And it's going to be a good time. <laughs> and then, you know, actually in in a one trip to New York, I was in a pizza place. I want to say two boots pizza uh, doing like comedy. Yeah, <laughs> and every joke was bombing, but I but for some reason I was just having fun, even though they kept bombing. So I would just bomb, and then I would wave to the audience like, "Okay, you get it." I didn't really know exactly what I was doing with that yet. Right, but that's where it began to happen. Where I was, I would bomb, and I would go, "Okay," and then you know when it's not going well, you're like, "We're having a good time," yeah. and it just started to to come in that moment where I was like. Oh, this could yeah. be something. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the hand, uh, but it was funny, you know, we, uh, we got to see you live, my wife and I, um, thank you, by the way, that was awesome. Oh, that um, was a, that was a really fun show. I had a blast at that one too. Yeah. That was like a really good show. And one of the, the best moments for me is when you stay quiet, you have this silent moment, almost like you're, you want to have this awkwardness. And like, yeah. I've never seen anyone master on awkwardness. <laughs> it's like, and I'm just laughing and, and people, I, everyone is laughing, but you know, it's just, they, how, how is that? 
how much confidence do you have to have to do that? Like, is that something that you just feel like you can do this now because of, uh, you know, what's happening? Well, I just think that I've done it so much and right. now I have a catalog. I don't think any joke is ever a surefire joke, right. but I have a catalog of jokes that I feel like are pretty surefire. Right. right. So I'm like, I like to make it real awkward and tense because <laughs> she's, she's having a good time. And, uh, <laughs> and if, uh, that way, you know, you re releasing that tension, right. uh, gets bigger laughs. And I feel like that, uh, you know, sometimes if you feel like that, you're not like, you're, you're like, oh, the show needs energy or this show's not going well. Uh, a tendency is to go out and like, try to like hammer the audience with jokes. Right. And I like to try to bring them into what I'm doing as opposed right. to throwing the jokes at them. Because right. that way it kind of brings them into my world and the awkwardness can do that. I like for the awkwardness to to go to a place sometimes where I go, um, where, where I'm sorry, where I'll say, um, uh, I'll say it'll get better. Right. That's what I love to say. It'll get better, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, Absolutely. because it's like I'll bomb a couple of jokes at the top and then I'll go, well, that's a weird way to start, but it'll get better. <laughs> or this is going to be a hot show. You know, yes, I know. <laughs> well, my show at Zany's, my favorite thing to say is I, I call it crockpot comedy where it slowly <laughs> heats up. And I feel like nice. sometimes as I say that, I feel like I'm making the comics look bad and I don't mean to do that, but I'm mainly saying it about myself. Like my first time on stage is going to be weird, but each time you see me, I think you're going to like me a little bit more. Right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, nice. Yeah. That's the crockpot. That's, that's awesome. Comedy. I love that. Who were um who were your comedy inspirations? Um, I think probably, you know, the first comic I really liked was probably uh Jeff Foxworthy and Chris Rock. Those oh, nice. were the guys of my time right. in, in when I was a late teen. Yeah. I mean, completely different comedy in a way, yeah. but both talking about growing up poor and right. and a lot of stuff like that. And so I I, I related to both. But when I started comedy, uh, Ron White, I really liked his delivery, and I really liked Mitch Hedberg. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he's Mitch. good. Yeah, absolutely. A guy I met gave me a bunch of Bill Hicks CDs, and uh, I really like Bill Hicks. Uh, but it's interesting because I've, I've, had, I've listened to albums of Bill Hicks where I don't even know if he got a laugh, right? It's like... <laughs> I don't even know why you would put that out as an album. Right. But it was there was something about him that I was like, I like this. Yeah. Even though he never seems to be doing that well. Right. Uh, <laughs> you know, and but Mitch Hedberg really blew me away. Yeah. And then when I quit drinking, I went to see a uh, a, a show with Todd Barry and a comic named Neil Hamburger. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I've still only seen Neil Hamburger this one time. And there's an album called Hot September Night where he's opening for uh, the band Tenacious D. And it's so good because he's doing this like bad comedy routine. I mean, that's kind of his whole thing. Right. And I, I always tell people if they're going to listen to that album and they've never heard of him, at least go watch one video so you know what you he know. looks like. Right. 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 
because he the audience starts booing him and chanting, you suck. And he's like, yeah, I suck the money right out of your wallet. And it's so great. I mean, somebody told me about that album and I was listening to it on a plane at like five in the morning, cracking up. I mean, it's so good. I like weird comedy. And that's why I think I like the silences and stuff like that. I mean, I just love weird yeah. stuff. I think yeah, yeah. sometimes it can get too weird for me, but if it's well, done I've, well, like uh, Brody Stevens mm-hmm. was a comic. He passed, you know, a couple of yeah. years ago, yeah. but I saw him in this weird venue in Iowa one time and he was doing just a bunch of crowd work. Yeah. I was going to see if that, if she would, she would like crawling around here. I don't think so. Um, where he, um, he he went on stage, and I don't know if you ever seen any videos of Brody Stevens, but he was doing crowd work. Yeah. And I had not met him yet. So he didn't know. Oh, now I've revealed that I'm wearing shorts. Uh, he, uh, he, uh, I had never seen him do comedy, and he was doing such wild crowd work. This is, I'm sorry this is happening. It's okay. It's okay. It's uh, okay, man. Okay. The, um, he was doing such wild crowd work that I had never seen anybody do. He had not met me yet. And he, so he didn't know I was a comic. And I was like, oh, gosh, please don't call on me. I was so afraid that this guy was going to call on me and uh, and make fun of me. And uh, but it was he's he was so great. I mean, I love yeah. the weird stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of comedians for, for me. Um, there's three comedians in particular. I remember when I first heard I, I was like. How could somebody be that funny? Like it was just so naturally. It was like Brian Regan was one of the first people that I that I heard that I was just like, who who was uh, it? Brian Regan. Oh yeah, so Brian good. Regan. Uh, Jim Gaffigan was another one, and Dusty Slay. When I first right. saw your stuff, uh, this was like about two years ago when we were still in Jersey. But I was like, and it was one of those moments where you were in, you were kind of like doing the awkward. You know, and the audience, we were, we were bringing them in, you know, and I got it immediately and I could I could not stop laughing. I was like, I knew what was happening and I just loved it. So it was just really great to to find you, uh, your comedy, because it, it just and my wife and I, you know, my wife is, loves it as well. So we, uh, we enjoy it very much. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about um, the, the material, because we went to go see. I got this shirt when, I, when we went to go see. Yeah, that's a hot shirt. Yeah, it's a hot shirt. I know. I feel I felt a little dorky putting it on. I was like, and then I had the hat on, and I said, you know what? Let me just chill and put this shirt on. <laughs> put my normal hat. I don't yeah. feel like a complete weirdo. But um, yeah, all you need is a wig, though, and you I, would have to. Yeah, I had the wig, yeah, and I had yeah. one, and I thought about it, and I'm embarrassed that I even thought about it. But when we went, when we went to go see you, 95% of the jokes were I never heard before. And I've seen all your stuff on YouTube and I saw that your Netflix special. Um, and it was amazing to me that you had so much really, really funny material. And then you told me that you try to put new stuff into every single show. Um, that's just like remarkable. So anybody out there, if you're going to go watch him on Netflix, you have to go see him live because you're going to get like a completely different show and, and, and just as funny, if not funnier. Um, well, that's what I try to tell people too, because you know, it's like, um, I mean, I, it's like with, with a musician, like if you go see your favorite musician 
especially an old school guy. Mm-hmm. And then they go, I got a new song. You're, you're yeah. going to go to the bathroom while they're doing the new song, you know, <laughs> right, you know? Right, right. <laughs> but and you want to hear the hits. Right. But I feel like with comedy, nobody, I mean, you, you may want to hear some jokes that you've heard before, maybe right. one or two, but you right. want new stuff. Right. Right. So I'm like, I try to keep cranking it out. I mean, yeah, I was going to ask you that. Are you, do you write every night? Is it just like a continuous flow or? Well, it's just so much comedy that I do. I just, I mainly write on stage now where I'll just oh, okay. kind of think of things and I'll oh, wow. riff a little bit. Oh, wow. And okay. then as the weekend goes on, a joke can really develop. Right. You know, as long as it's working. I mean, if, if, if you can find one nugget of laughter in there, then you can build around it. Correct. Right. Correct. But cause, okay. see, what started happening to me was I would write a joke out and then I would, I would, in my mind, I would, I would say, well, this is funny. This is the funniest this joke can be. This is, and then if it didn't work, I got so like married to the wording of the joke that I could not break free from it. Ah. I would be like, oh no, this is funny. I don't know why the audience is not laughing, but this is funny. <laughs> because it feels like putting something on paper does something to my brain, I think, mm. uh, where it's like, it cements it into my brain. Yeah. Like I know Jerry Seinfeld writes like he's very into writing. He's got all his yellow pads and his pen and it has to be the same kind of pen and the same kind of yellow pad. And he writes everything. And for him, he's like every word has to be in place. And sometimes he'll shift words here and there. Do you find it that that's the difficult part? If you write it down, then you're stuck to that, to the lyrics, almost like a song, where you're not going to change the, the lyrics of a song. If it's been recorded, you're not going to switch it up. Is, is that where it gets difficult? Yeah, I think so because I I if I write it, I I write in a way that I that I imagine this is funny. It's funny oh, to me. Okay. It makes me laugh. Right. But if I try it on stage, I know right away if it's funny. Yeah, right. Now it may be varying degrees. Maybe some audiences love it. Yeah. And some just like uh, yeah, this is about an hour past her bedtime. Right. And that's what makes this yeah. so wild right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm into we're, it, but I just am sorry that you're having to no, listen to me around a baby. No, we're, we're going to actually ask you a couple more questions and let you go so you can handle. Well, uh, but I, I mean, I love this and I would like to uh, maybe even do this again at, a, at a, another time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah, you're absolutely. always welcome here. Yeah, absolutely. But, but the... Um, you know, that's the thing about jokes. It's like, for me, it's like, if I tell, like, it's like, if I'm hanging out with a group of friends, especially as a comic, I do this and I tell a joke and it makes people laugh. And then I find myself in a new group of people. I mean, I'll drop that line again because I'm like, you know what? That worked the last time. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it seems cheesy, but I'm like, nah, it's working. That's a joke that's popular with the friends. Yeah. And that's, that's the, uh, I do the same thing for stories. Like if I have a story and I I have story, things that happen to me in my life and I'll have it one particular way of saying it. And it, you know, I'm at dinner with friends and I tell the story and they're like, "Ah." (laughs) and then next time I go see (laughs) new friends, I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to tell the story exactly the same way. Yeah. It works. And it it works, you know, and it's like, okay, cool. Yeah, It's like, you're not necessarily practicing bits, but you're, um, you you you're like I, yeah. I have a funny thing to yeah, tell like you. 
what you want to hope is that they don't get together and then <laughs> right right, you right. Oh, you're like john's telling that story at every yeah. party what is wrong with you <laughs> i have no friends but that's what um you know my my closer um when at the latest show that you saw about the frog and the ditch and the <laughs> is a story that i told some friends i mean it, it is true and i right. told some friends that at, at my house and my wife was like why are you not telling that on stage She's like, I never heard you tell that before. And oh, so I was like, well, it's a little weird for me because it's a bit longer than I normally yeah. do. But I'm like, right. let's try it. And yeah. it's really been a hit. And it's like, it is. Yeah, that was, that was hilarious. And that's one of those that I, I mostly went out, told it the first time, and it was successful, oh, wow. uh, which, is, which is rare because yeah. sometimes you just work and work and work on a joke. Yeah. And then it never is anything. That right. joke is very visual, though. Yes. You know, like, it's very visual. So it, it immediately, when I heard you say, I immediately put myself right in that space. And then yeah. that final punchline was just so hilarious. It's just like, And oh, that's no. a weird one for me because I was, in, in some ways, in the beginning of my comedy, I was really afraid of silence. Now I've embraced it a little more because I know that I can get the laughs, <laughs> right. but I was really afraid of silence. So I wanted sure. joke, 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 so that yeah. people would never be silent. Yeah. And so this joke is about three minutes long. And I did it at the Opry with about 4,000 people. Wow. And I don't think it got a single laugh until the very end. The last one. Wow. And at the end, it was worth it. It was the right. big payoff. It is. But I was, that's, that's about three minutes of silence <laughs> where the audience is like, this better go somewhere. That's 4,000 people uh, waiting to be led somewhere. <laughs> yes. <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> so, what's the best piece of advice that you've gotten from uh, another comedian? Um, I think, I mean, early on, a guy told me, he said something like your first 200 shows don't mean anything. He was like, just get stage time, stage time, stage time. And I really think that's been the best overall advice. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. just like, uh, everybody wants to find their voice. Everybody wants to be the best. Everybody wants this. They want that. They want this. And it's like, you can do anything um, in the world, but it's like without stage time, yeah, you're not going right. to become who you can actually, actually become yeah. on stage. Yeah, you, yeah, like, you definitely need that. I w I did last comic standing in 2015, and and when I didn't advance past the final 100, uh, a lady said to me, she goes, "Well, I guess we just go get better," you know. And I was kind of weirdly cocky, and I was like, you know, I don't even know if I said it out loud, but I thought in my head, I'm like. No, I'm fine with what I'm doing. You know, I'm right. as good as I want to be. And I look back on that and I'm like, I mean, how not good I was compared to where I'm at now. <laughs> right, right. And and the the audacity for me to think that I can't be so much better seven years later. Right. But don't you think that you need that type of uh, attitude in a sense to kind of get to that next that next stage. I do think so. Yeah. Uh, that's a good point because some people I know that did that last comic standing and, and didn't advance. It crushed them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean like, yeah. cause we all thought, Hey, this is our big break. And you know, and I, I lost last comic standing. I got on a plane, flew back to Atlanta and did a 
entered a comedy contest there where I lost it. So I lost two back to back and right. I thought both of them, <laughs> she just wants to get in on the conversation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. And I thought that, uh, that those both could be my big break and I lost them back to back. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, but I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> I think when you, uh, when you used to sell pesticides, you're like, right. this is still better than that. Right. <laughs> Losing comedy competitions beat selling pesticides any day. Yeah, yeah. I love the pesticides, uh, the whole, uh, just that well, whole story. You know, well, the thing about it is I hate criticizing it because I still have a lot of friends that work at that right. company. And it is a good job, you yeah. know, but it's like for me, it never... It never was the job for me. Yeah. What's your Q codes? What's your, what's your, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, the skew. Oh yeah. 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 What's your skews? What's your top five skews? Oh yeah. You heard that on, yeah. I did yeah. that on a podcast. Like, yeah. I heard that. I was having me laughing. It's like just, he's at a convention and people are, yeah. all the people in the pesticides are talking and they asked him like, what's your five skews, which are the, the top five products. Right. Yeah, I mean, for two years, I had planned to quit this job. Right. And I showed up, I flew into St. Louis, and I had a car picking us up. And this one guy, it was his first year on the job. And it was, I was ready to quit at any moment. And this guy, he's all pumped up. He's like, hey, man, where are you from? Charleston? What's your top five SKUs? And I was like, oh, no, no, we are not in the same place. <laughs> we are not talking about that. So we're going to actually have one more question from George. We're going to let you go because I don't want to get in, get you in trouble either because she should be sleeping. Yeah. Well, I don't yeah. know what to do, but we'll be playing this game for a while. <laughs> no problem. Just, um, you know, again, going uh, – Take, take, looking at your journey and what you went through and even with like, you know, the, the open mics that you did and, and that whole thing, what's the one piece of advice that you would give people to, to keep going in those situations, right? When maybe they were bombing or maybe things weren't, are not looking so good. What would you tell those artists that are still trying to make it through things like that? Well, I always like to, you know, it's hard because, you know, I've seen people that have very successful careers. And then they come out and they try to do comedy and they're bombing a lot. And you and it feels like they've lost their whole self-worth. Mm. And I just want to tell them like, hey, you're already a success. Right. Just because you're not good at this other thing right. doesn't make you less successful. You know, it's right. just like maybe this isn't for you, you know. Right. And I do think there is some cases where it's like, you know, maybe comedy is just not your thing. Mm -hmm. But I also think that it's, it, you know, it's about self-awareness, right? It's like, I know really good comics that every time they come off stage, they're like, oh, I bombed, man, I suck. And it's like, no, you did fine. And right. then I know other comics that will bomb every time and come off and go, I crushed it. Right, right. And I just think both <laughs> of those it's uh, annoying both ways. Yeah. Now, the person who thinks they're bombing all the time, they're probably going to be more successful Right. But right. what a miserable life. Right. You know, exactly. that's exactly. the whole thing. But the person that thinks they're crushing uh, when they're not, it's like you can't get better if you just think you're crushing all the time. Correct. You know, right. and it's like I, I was fortunate enough early on to crush. Right. So it's like I knew what it felt like. Right. So when I wasn't crushing, I was like, OK, we got to like. I very early on, I had some good, big crushes and some big bombs. 
So I knew what both felt like. Right. And I was like, bombing is not fun. I mean, even to this day, like I've had a million good shows, but if I go out and I bomb, I'm like questioning everything. I'm like, do I even want to do this? Oh God. Right. I mean, I had a weekend. Now I've been back. I've been back to Syracuse and it went really well. But I had one weekend in Syracuse where I wasn't bombing, but it wasn't going good. Mm. And I was like, I don't like this at all. Right. I mean, the shows were packed and it was just like, why are they not laughing? Well, it's that Syracuse. It's that cold air. They don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. not a lot of oxygen. Gets yeah. There. But I, I've been back and, uh, and I, I redeem myself. Oh, good. But it's good. like, I, I just think the advice is to just be like, yeah. you know, be self-aware and, and, and know that, uh, you know, if comedy is not, I, I think it's imp maybe important to know what your goal is with comedy. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're wanting to just do it as a hobby, then just have some fun. But right. if you're wanting to do it as a career, like, and it's not going well, I mean, you got to figure it out. You got to, yeah, you got to, yeah. you got to write more, you got to get more stage time and you got to yeah. film yourself and watch right. because sometimes it can be as simple as you look too uncomfortable um on stage mm. or mm. you look mad on stage i've I've, yeah. I've had some jokes bomb and i'm like what happened and i go back and look and i'm like oh i look i looked weird i i stumbled i was touching my face in a weird way you know any yeah. of those things I, ha I used to have this joke where i would i would talk about tucking in my shirt real tight and i would say tight over and over again and i thought it was so funny and i watched it one time and i was like oh that's weird why are you doing that and then I stopped doing it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's cliche, but it, it, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan was bon was booed off the stage in, in Monterey the first time he went on stage. Uh, Michael Jordan went to play baseball and didn't do well. That's right. He was cut. You know, I mean, there's a lot of stories of, of just persevering and trying to, yeah. like you said earlier, you got to figure out if you want to do this, you have to then sit down and figure it out. Right. right. You know, that's yeah, I mean, there's people like LeBron James where it's like, I don't imagine there's a scenario possible where he's bad at basketball. Right. Right. <laughs> Probably never was his entire life. So there there are people like that. There are people sure. that are going to come onto the comedy scene and be crushing right away. Yeah. Um, and then there are people who are not. Um, but but you can. Like I've seen people come on to the scene and crush and everybody's like, oh man, they're going to be the best. Mm. But then they, they never work hard. And so they never get out of, they never get better. Right. And then yeah. there are other people that come on and they're okay, but then something clicks and they start to figure it out. And then you're like, oh man, where's the, wh where's this coming from? You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Dusty, we're going to, um, let you take care of your beautiful daughter and see if you can work that out. <laughs> yeah. well, I've, I, I've I appreciate you having me. I'm sorry that uh, I know that I've already said that, but I, I'm sorry that I know I, I scheduled this and then I just didn't realize. Don't worry about it. I'm almost 40 years old. I'm, this is my first baby. And um, I had no idea that I would say, uh, don't eat that so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're gonna be saying a lot of things that you don't realize. Yes, that yes. you would ever have to say. Yeah, I mean, I say don't eat that to a baby who clearly doesn't know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have to say things to my son like, 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 like don't, don't stab your sister with a pencil. <laughs> right. You know, so it, kind of, it, it escalates. 
Yes. So, but uh, but with a daughter, it's different. My daughter was chilled out. My son, was, yeah, he's my son. Yeah. I love him. Well, but, uh, I was no. a wild kid myself. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm due for some payback. I think. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Dusty, thank you so much. Uh, everyone, you can catch Dusty right now. He's on Netflix. Um, you can also um, check out his, uh, let me just flash this up here. Go to your website. By the way, I love your website because you just click on all these things and you'll see clips of Dusty right there. All right. I appreciate that. You're the only person I know that's noticed that I did that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, no, I got I into that one night and I was like, oh, this is really fun. Instead of just some bio, I right. was like, let's just link up people to some things. Yeah, yeah. And I, I went there and I was like, oh, this is so cool. I showed it to my wife and I was just, it just is easier. So yeah, definitely yeah. check that out. And it's uh, DustySlate.com, right? Yes. And uh, you're on tour now. You still uh, got a bunch of dates coming up and you're going to be, I know you're going to be at Zany's. <laughs> On the 26th, I think, of April? Yes, April 26th. April 26th, yeah. So I'm going to try to head on over there as well. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank I you, appreciate sir. it. Thank yeah, you, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was definitely our pleasure, man. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You got right, it. Take care. All right. Yeah. What a great yeah, dude. Awesome. Yeah. What a funny, funny guy. Too, Absolutely. Man. I'm so excited that he was on because – you know, we had to, we think we lost signal on uh, on on um, LinkedIn. Sorry, LinkedIn. But anyway, <laughs> um, thank you everybody for tuning in. That was Dusty Slay and his daughter, <laughs> and we'll have him back again for sure. And you know, we'll be able to like spend more time with him and ask him some of uh, some more questions about growing up. And but he had some good advice. Even even carrying around his daughter had some great advice That's and right. uh, some really interesting. Uh, uh, um, uh, scenarios going on in the comedy world which if you're interested in it's it's a crazy world but it's it's a lot of fun if you can do it and he's doing it at the highest level so it's pretty cool so all right thank you very much everybody have a wonderful night we will see you again next tuesday night 7 p.m central 8 p.m eastern standard time uh for counterparts my name is john henry soto and this is george batista i don't know if he's on that side or that side but um we will see you all next week take care of yourselves and as always Peace. Peace.